seven days, it repeats itself the same uh, general topics. And so we're on day 15, of course, it's November 15th, and um, we'll go through the next seven uh, days as uh, we won't meet until next Wednesday, but we are on day 15, and of course, we start with God each time, giving thanks. And if anyone doesn't have one, please don't hesitate to raise your hand so we can get you a copy. Ross needs one. Uh, Tanner would like one. Anybody else need one? Everybody got one? All right. So take your Bibles. Go to Second Corinthians chapter nine. 2 Corinthians chapter nine. Don't forget on Friday we'll have our Hope Ministry meeting at seven o'clock. And pray for those that are sick. I know there's a lot of sickness going around. I got a, a lot of drainage going on, and so my throat is sore and <clears throat> and weak, and I'm coughing and clearing my throat. But here we go. So day fifteen, God giving thanks and, and days of praise, giving thanks for God. And so this one says, give thanks to God for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for your sins. Of course, if you aren't saved, you can't do this, and you really can't be thankful as you ought in anything. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15, it says, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. And there is no greater gift than the gift of Jesus Christ as our substitute and payment for sin sacrificed for us on the cross and so of all the things we as christians can be thankful for christ and for the salvation the sacrifice given and if you can think of anything greater then you probably don't understand what it is that you that we're talking about here because there is nothing greater there is no greater thing no greater event no greater sacrifice that a person could give than jesus gave for all of us and to think that as the song says, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. And that he knew me. I, I, I like what they sing there. He knew me, yet he loved me. I mean, if you knew me, you wouldn't love me. If if I knew all about you, I probably wouldn't love you. It'd be harder to love people when you know everything about them. Give thanks to God because Jesus Christ, who is God and knows everything, still was a sacrifice for sin and so we can give thanks and praise to god for the fact that he would save us and we don't deserve to be saved it's not something that that we should expect or should assume that god had to save us but he in his grace and mercy saves and so we are we we should have compassion for those others who are not saved yet <clears throat> who are not ready to die when they die they're not saved and they'll go to hell instead of heaven i hope there's no one in here like that but if there is you need to realize that you need the unspeakable gift and you need to have Christ as your savior so that you can also give thanks for that unspeakable gift. And so uh, today as we think and reflect on God, we think about his love and mercy. Um, and of course we talk about some other things tonight that, I'll, that this will tie into, but um, someone was watching, they said they just watched one of the documentaries or one of the videos that we have in the library um, uh, about God, how awesome and how great our God is. It's made by the Fourth Day Alliance, and it has to do with the universe. And the cosmos is another one. Those two are right together on the shelf back there. And what I love about <clears throat> about it is, is it shows you the huge vastness of our universe, which no one even knows how big it is. And then shows us the tiny little speck of a blue pinhead that Earth is, Bennett, and then it says, and yet God loves the people on that little tiny speck of blue. 
It's amazing. It's amazing. And to think that God cared enough to die on the cross for you and I. So thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Now, day 16, on the other side of the paper, again, after God, we have family. And as you're going through the list to think about the things to be thankful for, family. Not everyone has a human family. As I was saying on Sunday, not everyone can be thankful for our human family because there are people who are adopted, don't know their, their family. There are people who were abandoned. There are people whose family are all gone. They're dead. Um, but praise God, if you're saved, you have a family. And it's a heavenly family. As the Bible says, heaven and earth, we have a family. A lot of our family as Christians are already in heaven. I know Christians that are in heaven. I'm looking forward to seeing them again. But it says here in this particular one, it says, what's your favorite family vacation? What is your favorite? And hopefully you have one. uh, And it doesn't have to be an expensive one. But your favorite memory. And I did not ask my family what's their favorite memory. And maybe they don't have one. They probably do. Um, and I, I'll ask them tonight when we get home. So what would be your favorite? I wrote down one. I'll just tell you about it since it's my favorite. Um, my family and I got to go up to Ketchikan, Alaska. Um, I don't know, maybe five years ago or so. And there's a pastor up there who had an old 1980s model boat. By the way, that boat sunk a couple months ago. And... Um, the bilge pump gave out and he came down to the dock and it was in the water. But that old boat was his fishing boat and he'd take pastors out and, uh, and treat them to a nice Alaskan fishing trip for not much money. And so we went up there and we did work on the, on the mission house they had. And, and then he took us fishing and, and we're out there and, and I remember Josh had caught a smaller halibut and, and Hannah caught a halibut and, and you know they were like you know 18, 24 inches you know and and uh, I think I was the last one I hadn't caught one yet and all of a sudden man my pole started bending and and I at first I thought oh what what do I got here is I'm stuck on a rock and then I realized no it's it's going rocks don't move and this thing's moving and and uh, <clears throat> and so I started really in and I'm telling you it was like and, and it was just like tough and then um this thing circled around down there about 300 feet down and tangled up into josh's line then tangled into caleb's line then tangled into sam's line and by the time it was done this thing was on all of our poles and so we're all reeling in you know and and uh anyhow we kind of it was kind of a family thing everybody was in the boat but wilma and we're all with pastor judson we're reeling the thing in and hannah's got the video camera and she's videoing and she's getting excited because it seems like a pretty big one and we got that thing in and it was as tall as sam and uh we had a little book that had a chart that said if it's a hundred if it's this tall and it was i don't remember how many inches tall it was then it's 134 pounds and that was a halibut we hooked that thing and yanked it and and tied it to the side of the boat and then when it was time to go back we pulled it into the boat it and it rode back with us. <clears throat> we got back to the dock, and there was Wilma. <clears throat> and we had flipped it over on its belly, and the belly is all white. So it's a white boat, white belly. She can't see it. Did you guys catch anything? Yeah, we caught a couple. But we caught a big one, and then we pointed down to it. And, oh, my goodness, she was excited. We were all excited, and we all we got a picture, all of us guys, with holding it, you know. And and uh, that was a fun memory and a neat, a neat experience. It wasn't real spiritual 
except that we did pray before we went and we thanked God afterwards. That was fun and we enjoyed eating it for a long time as well. You know, thank God for family and family memories. And, um, you know, next week, of course, with Thanksgiving, please don't be by yourself next week. Um, If you don't have anybody to be with, please let me know. You're welcome to come with me or come with our family. There's others that will have you in, but family. Then day 17, friends, how have your friends inspired you? Proverbs chapter 27, Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. I'd rather be wounded by someone who cares than kissed by an enemy. Verse 9, ointment and perfume rejoice the heart, so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. We, we need to see then verse 17, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. You know, your friend is going to sharpen you, not dull you. Your friend is going to rebuke you, verse 5, rather than just kiss you, verse 6, and make you feel good. I'm not saying your friend is never supposed to compliment or say something nice or encourage but a friend that inspires you is going to give you a hard time once in a while. I just happened to be listening to the radio as I was driving yesterday. And this man was talking about how that he was a sergeant in the military. And how that he had a hundred and some guys that he was in charge of. And he was barking orders. And they hated his guts. And they called him a name that I can't say in public. But years later they said to him, you are a blessing. And we thank you for the way you put us through that. We needed that. You know, your friend, if he's truly your friend or she's truly your friend, is not going to just rub you the right way all the time. And so praise the Lord for people who inspire you and challenge you and encourage you at the same time to do right. I hope you have friends like that. I can't think of a better place to find friends like that than people who are godly. When I was a teenager, the challenge was you need to have friends that are better than you. You need to have friends that walk with God, friends who are respectful of the word of God. You need to have friends that are not going to pull you down or teach you things you ought not know or encourage you to be rebellious or whatever it might be. But to have godly friends and good friends that inspire you to do and to be right. I'm inspired with different folks in our church and Praise the Lord for them and their inspiration that they are to me. Day 18. Day 18. Be a blessing in your home today. Are you a blessing in your home? I can't help but think of Proverbs 31. In Proverbs 31, there's a woman that is mentioned here. It is the virtuous woman. She was a blessing in her home. Verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. He can trust her not to waste time and waste the resources and waste what they have. Verse 12 says, She will do him good and not evil all the days of
idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. She is just a blessing to the home. The home is what it is because of her and the influence that she has on the family. Um, She's a blessing to others. She cares for the poor and for those who have need. Um, She is industrious, as you read through here. Uh, She's priceless. Uh, Verse 30 says, Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. There are a lot of beautiful women out there on the outside, but their homes are not very beautiful. Verse 31 says, Give her of the fruit of her hands, let her own works praise her in the gates. Verse 25 says, Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. The blessing in your home. Of course, we could talk about men being a blessing, children being a blessing, but this chapter is all about the virtuous woman being a blessing in their home. Then day 19, self. And under self, the suggestion for day 19 is replace all complaints with blessings today. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. We have a 30 days of praise or a 30 day challenge. I want to uh, mention to you that I've heard before someone say, and I don't know if you could go a month doing this. I'm not even sure you could go a week, but it would be it would be a challenge. If you could go a week, maybe the week of Thanksgiving, maybe tonight until next Wednesday night or tomorrow, Thursday until Thanksgiving Day, not asking for one thing from God, but just praising him for everything. Wouldn't that be a challenge? Not asking for one thing, but praising him instead. Wow. Replace all complaints with blessings today. In James chapter 3, you might not see the connection here, but I'm going to read this chapter to you. James 3 verse 1. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity so is the tongue among our members that it it defiles the the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell for every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind but the tongue can no man tame it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison therewith bless we god even the father and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of god We bless God and we curse man, and man was made from God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. And remember, our challenge is replace all complaints with blessings today. I can complain to you about the sore throat I have, and it's sore, and I can complain to you about the fact 
that I can't sleep because my nose plugs up and then I can't breathe and so then I wake up and then I can't sleep and then I'm my sore throat and blah, blah, blah. And, but you know what? Nobody in here is going to get a real blessing out of me telling you that. <clears throat> what I probably should do is thank God for all the nights that I did sleep and probably will sleep in the future and the fact that I have two nostrils that sometimes work and a throat. I told you on Sunday about a pastor, a preacher that just had his voice box carved out because of cancer. And I also told you that the night before he was to go into surgery at 7.30 in the morning, he checked in and talked to the receptionist and said, you know, you're probably the last person I'm going to talk to and I want to share with you the gospel. We can replace all complaints with blessings if we want to. Verse 10, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Verse 11, <clears throat> verse 11, doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of fine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man and dude with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and of good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in, the, in peace of them that make peace. You know, someone said, a proud man is seldom a thankful man because a proud man never thinks he gets as much as he deserves. Humility is the key to having a thankful heart. And if you're going to be able to think of blessings and replace your complaints with blessings, you're going to have to have a humble heart. If you think you've been robbed or cheated and you haven't been treated fairly, then you'll never do anything but complain. But if you realize how good God has been to you and how good you've had it, you'll learn to praise God. I remember one teacher said to us as students in this Christian school, <clears throat> she said, whenever you feel like you weren't fairly treated or that you got in trouble for something that you didn't do, may I remind you of all the times you didn't get in trouble for the stuff you did do? Yep. And maybe you did get pulled over by the cop. And maybe he was a little over the top. But how many of us didn't get pulled over when we should have? Boom. Replace all complaints with blessings today. Verse 10, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. The old joke is, Mom and dad and kids are arguing and squabbling and fighting and, and, and just nipping at each other all the way to church. And they get to church and they walk into the building and, hello, brother, how are you? Praise the Lord. What a wonderful Sunday morning it is. Don't do that for two reasons. Number one, you're a hypocrite. Number two, your kids are going, right? But we're all guilty of something like that. And then day 20, nature. This goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Practice pausing <clears throat> and spending a few minutes outside thanking God for nature. There's, there's two DVDs called How Big Is God by the Fourth Day Alliance. And then there's one called the, the Cosmos, something Cosmos. 
They're right together. There's, there's tons of other creation videos back there. The awesomeness of God. You know, I say negative things about the public school because it needs to be said, but not because I want to just gripe and complain. But I'm telling you this. One of the real detriments of our society today is that we don't teach our kids to be thankful because who do you be thankful to if evolution's how you got here? Who do you give thanks to? What, what, what do you give thanks for? How do you teach biology and how that the origins came from nothing and a big bang or blah, and, and expect kids to be thankful for the food they got or be thankful for anything? This is what the real robbery is with creation not being understood. But when you realize the universe, look with me in Psalm 33. Psalm 33. We think we're such big stuff. If we could see the size of earth compared to the rest of the universe, we'd realize we're just really not very big. Psalm 33. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. I said this last week or the week before. Unai is single and verse is sentence. And that's literally what it is. He spoke it. And boom, there it was. By his mouth, the universe with all those galaxies, not just ours called the Milky Way, but all of them, and the bazillions of stars and planets, and you and I, and he spoke it with his word. And I've already talked about Psalm 8, when I consider the heavens. Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. But now look with me at Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. This is what's so wicked about atheistic science and evolution that rubs out God. Romans chapter 1 and verse 20 says this. <clears throat> the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. All you got to do is walk, walk around, drive around, look at Look at the beauty of the earth. Look at look at nature. Look look at at everything. I mean, you know, our son Caleb, he's the firstborn when he was born. It's like, wow. And 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 just creation in general and 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 everything out there and the beauty of it all for the invisible things of him are from the creation of the world are clearly seen unless you've been told that there is no creation. See what they've done? They've erased him. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. And notice the next phrase. Neither were thankful. See, if you don't recognize creation and you don't recognize what God's done, you're not going to be thankful. What's Thanksgiving today? Football, being thankful for some random materialistic thing, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Practice pausing and spending a few minutes outside thanking God for nature, for the beauty of everything. 
It's been a beautiful fall. We got to be in uh, New England a few weeks ago, and it was just amazing, the colors. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Absolutely just amazing. And God does all that to change the colors of leaves and to change patterns and things, to keep it from just being black and white and blah and gray, practicing worshiping him in nature. Then the last one we go, day 21, is prayer. We go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says this. In everything. Now, I've got a question. We've got some young people over here. What does it mean, Bennett, when it says everything? Yeah, that's what I said. What, what does it mean when it says everything? All what? That's what I said. I said everything. <laughs> what does everything mean? All what? All inclusive. That's a big word. What does inclusive mean? Oh, okay. Yeah. In everything. So is there is there anything that's not a part of everything? So everything is everything. So that would include good and bad. So when it says in everything give thanks. Have you ever thanked God for the bad things? No, I'm still bitter about those things. Hold on a second. Who's in charge of everything? Who's in charge of everything? In everything? It says in verse 16, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God, in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's God's will that you learn to be thankful for everything. This, this might not even sound right, and maybe I shouldn't even say it because it might not come out right, but I am, am learning to be thankful for the frustrating things that are humbling because I need the humbling. And I have to, and, and when and when something's really frustrating or really unfair, I just say, "But you know, if 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 it was all my way, you know what kind of a pig I would be." It is good for me that it's not all my way. In everything, give thanks. I read Job this past few weeks ago. It says in Job chapter one, it says, "In all this, Job sinned not." nor charge God foolishly. And, 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 every, and everything that happened to him. And, and, and see, you and I, we read Job and like, yeah, we can see what's going on. But Job, Job's not reading Job. When Job was alive, there wasn't a book called Job. In fact, when Job was alive, there wasn't any of the scriptures written down yet. And so Job can't go, I'm going to read my devotions today. Because there wasn't anything to read. He couldn't, he didn't, it wasn't like, bing, Satan and God are having a conversation about you, Job. He doesn't know that. All he knows is everything's falling apart. But in all this, Job sinned not, but instead he blessed God. Habakkuk chapter 3, I love those verses at the end, and it basically says, 
though everything fall apart, Habakkuk 3, verse 17 through 19. Well, let's just turn there, just, just in case I misquoted or something. Habakkuk. It's in there. I know it's in there. Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai. <coughs> Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah. Nahum, Habakkuk. Habakkuk 3, verse 17. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. In other words, everything's a mess. Everything's a wash. The, the, the entire crop went down the drain. There is nothing to show for all the work we did this year. Verse 18. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. He is my strength. The Lord is my strength. He will be my, my he will make my feet like hinds feet. And he will make me to walk upon the, my high places like, like those mountain goats. To the chief singer on my stringed instruments. Though everything falling apart, I'm going to rejoice. When nothing's going right, I'm going to rejoice in God anyway. Because he's the God of my salvation. And he is my strength. And he enables me to still walk above it even though it's falling apart. That's the blessing. Romans chapter 5 says we glory in tribulations. So the next time you're having trouble, you praise God, right? Mr. Dave had a flat tire this morning, and he stopped and said, Lord, thank you. This was perfect. <clears throat> Somebody got persecuted for something, tribulations, and we glory in it. Romans chapter 8 says, The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which is coming. Romans 8.28 says, All things work together for good to them that love God. So we can praise God in everything. No matter what, we can still give thanks, even if it's bad. Sunday night I was talking about the, the Apostle Andrew. And I was telling you about one of our missionaries, the Frews. And how that the Frews, their oldest son, their firstborn, was born with Down syndrome. Some of you remember him when he was here. And they named him Andrew. Why? Because Andrew can bring people to Jesus. And if you heard the letter that Josh read Sunday morning, they announced we're going to have a parents uh, meeting. And the parents meeting, is the topic is going to be, why is my child like this? You know how many other parents have kids with needs and problems? It was an open door to give the gospel. What did they do? They gave thanks in everything. They recognized that God had a reason for why he gave them something less than what they imagined. We have a grandchild coming. We have no right to assume it's going to be perfectly healthy. We have no right to assume that it's supposed to be all just fine. But in everything, Bennett, in everything, we're supposed to give thanks. In everything. Why? Because all things work together for good. If you love God, verse 29 says, it's to conform you into the image of his son, to make you more like Christ than you would have been otherwise. And you know what being like Christ is? Forgiving. Forgiveness is what shows a Christ-like example. 
We live in a world of people who aren't thankful because people are proud. And let me tell you, those same people are not forgiving. And you and I can be part of that. But when you can forgive and you can uh, not hold grudges and bitterness and you can love and be humble and forgiving, you're demonstrating Christ. That's what he did. In fact, that's how we forgive is in Christ. Paul said, I'm thankful for my thorn in the flesh. I recognize that it makes me strong spiritually, even though I'm weak physically. And we learn to praise God for our thorns. And so Paul says, most gladly, I will rejoice in my infirmities. And again, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18, in everything give thanks, colon, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Something goes wrong and there's big disappointment. Sometimes parents will do, I think, a bad thing, and that is try to make it up to the kids. Listen, are you going to do that for the rest of your life? Are you going to do that when they're 20 and when they're 30? and when they're Sooner or later, we all have to figure out life goes wrong sometimes. Life is disappointing. But I've learned that disappointments are God's appointments. I'm still learning it. This is the will of God. And to give thanks. And how do you know that maybe your parent isn't just testing you or your heavenly father isn't just testing you to see if you'll thank God anyway? Maybe it's a test to see if you'll whine and complain and kick and scream because you didn't get your way. And maybe he really is just testing you. That's what he did with Job. And when it was all said and done, Job had twice as much as he had before because he didn't charge God foolishly. He gave thanks in everything. In verse day 21, pray that verse that it becomes a daily posture of your heart in everything. God, I thank you for the trouble that I had yesterday or last week because it has brought me to my knees in a humble way before you. God, I thank you for the heartbreak because it was that very heartbreak that made me turn to you. Some of the saddest stories out there are the people who who are never humbled. I'm thankful for some things I don't even want to tell you about but they're good things for me. And hopefully you'd say the same. In everything I give thanks it's God's will in Christ Jesus concerning me. Praise God for everything. Praise God for everything. Let's close in prayer tonight. Lord, we thank you for your word. Help us to be thankful people. I do thank you for so many blessings, so many things, so many good things in our lives. When we don't have it well, when we don't have it like we'd like to have it, we can at least go to you and ask you about it. And then recognize that if you're not going to fix it, you have a plan, and we trust you for that. Help us not to give thanks for 90%. Help us to give thanks in everything. Not necessarily for everything, but in everything. Help us to be thankful. And we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name.